Welcome everyone to the Rethink It podcast, a podcast designed for equipping families and individuals struggling with brain health issues to identify practical, natural health science and lifestyle approaches to restore optimal brain health and prevent dementia. My podcast, my newsletter, my website, and my integrative practice all focus on providing down-to-earth solutions for upgrading and protecting brain health. This podcast is meant to supply women with brain fog and chronic health issues with the knowledge to choose affordable, effective tools and techniques that go beyond brain hacking. The goal is to preserve your quality of life, your health, your freedom, and your independence. I'm excited you're here today. I'm Sandy, your host for the next 30 minutes to an hour. For the next six months, as we try to get the word out there about this podcast content, we are offering a very special promotion. We will be doing a drawing to give away a free MRT food sensitivity test, which samples the top 88 common food sensitivities. This test has a value of $399 and we will be giving it away for free. MRT is the most advanced and reliable test for hidden inflammatory reactions to foods and food chemicals, and it identifies your best foods. So this is not an allergen test. This is a food sensitivity test. This helps you when you identify your best foods and all those hidden inflammatory reactions. It helps you make a strategic food plan in order to rapidly reduce systemic and digestive inflammation which improves outcomes of any other digestive health program that you're currently participating in. This is something I do for a lot of my clients um, in order to rapidly get ahead of the inflammation that they're dealing with. For more information about the test, please go to our website, beyondbrainhealth.com and check out the Direct to You Labs. We'll We'll also provide a link for you in the show notes. So you can check that out as well if that's an easier direction for you. But as I said above, I am excited to offer this test, this $399 test to you for free. Here's how you qualify to get it for free, okay? So I'm gonna warn you, since this test is almost $400, there are a few steps you must follow to qualify for this drawing. Okay, it's a $400 test, so it's not just one step, you guys. (laughs) So here we go. Go to your show notes on whatever podcaster you're listening on, whether it's Google, Apple, or Spotify. Give us a rating, good or bad. I appreciate both. And comment on the podcast. I really appreciate the honest feedback, especially as I'm growing and learning this whole podcasting education process. I want you guys to really enjoy our time together. So let me know how I'm doing. All right, number two, step number two, you will also follow us on Instagram or Facebook, please. And give us a comment there as well. Those links should also be found on every single episode of our show notes. So you just need to open the show notes that you're listening on right now and, you know, click, click the link to your Instagram or Facebook, um, whichever you guys prefer social media platform that you prefer to be on and follow us there and give us a comment. And lastly, to qualify for the drawing, please share this podcast with at least one person. Okay. So to sum up, you're giving us a rating on your favorite podcaster, whichever one you prefer. You're going to follow us on the podcast and on Instagram or Facebook, whichever you're on, and give us a comment on both. And lastly, you're going to share this content with at least one person. That's a few steps, but it shouldn't take you more than 60 seconds to complete all three. We will be doing the drawing on December 15th, 2023. So let's get the word out there. Welcome back, everyone, to the Rethink It podcast. I am so excited to be here today to continue our conversation about brain health protection and longevity. Our podcast today is called The Hormone Episode, Rethinking the Connection Between Hormones and Brain Health. I am so excited to share this episode with you today. We have a great guest today. Her name is Meg Ratici, and she and I are just best buddies. Okay, you guys, she's one of my favorite people. (laughs) Meg and I got connected in a professional business mentorship program last year, and I'm so glad she's a part of my life. I'm a person who sees my profession as a holistic health practitioner as more than a job, but 
as also a passion. So it's easy for me to find that I can be a little single-minded. If I'm not careful, I can find that all I want to do is talk about is, is talk about, read about, and think about the science and art behind healing. So luckily, when you have a friend like Meg, I can grab my cup of tea, like I'm doing right now, sit outside, which I'm not doing, and chat with someone who gets me in the in this regard and is as excited as I am about it. You guys, just just before we started recording, we literally just talked and talked and talked about the things we were going to talk about because it was fun. <laughs> so Meg is my go-to mentor and resource when it comes to all things female hormones because she is a repository of information and expertise and experience in this area. She's an integrative women's health practitioner with nearly 30 years of clinical expertise. She practiced in New York City for two decades and currently resides in Atlanta while she's providing telehealth services for women around the country. Meg uses a, a unique kind of East meets West approach uh, to help countless women, and she has done so for many years. Um, she's using this approach to help women overcome hormone imbalances, including for infertility, PCOS, PMS, weight issues, digestive disorders, anxiety, and depression. Meg began her career in health and wellness as an acupuncturist with training in traditional Chinese medicine. She hosts her own podcast, The Hormone Lifestyle Zone, which, guys, I encourage you really to check it out. With that, I would love to let Meg share some of her story. Meg, you are a real Renaissance woman. Would you, and you started out, I think, in graphic artists, right? I like guess a graphic oh God, artist. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. so delighted. Thank you so much yeah. for having me on the show. I have to tell the audience. Sandy is one of my favorite people. We literally, should we let them know? We talk like two to three times a day. <laughs> we do. We're, we're bouncing ideas off each other all the time. Yeah, we bounce ideas off of one another. I'll call um, Sandy with questions about clients, and we just banter back and forth. We're very geeky and really passionate about health. I'm, I'm very passionate about women's health. Yeah. And yeah, I did. I started out as a creative director and art director. And um, by my early 30s, and I'll give a little background, I had an eating disorder in my teens and my 20s. And by my mid-later 20s, I started dealing with anorexia and bulimia. And I was very fortunate. This is going back to the early 80s. I had the most amazing functional medicine doc he was just like cutting edge. Wow. And That's like a diamond in the rough, like in the eighties. Seriously. Yes. <laughs> amazing. And I worked, he teamed me up with a good nutritionist. I actually went for colonics. I, wow. and I, I, I went seriously I had, ahead of the game here. <laughs> I had a really good uh, therapist. So I had a team of people that didn't want to fix me. They wanted to heal me from the inside out. And it was, it had a really profound effect on me because I realized that my relationship with food was everything in my healing process. So, so is, do you, do you consider this as like the, the launch pad for you, how you got started and how oh, you yeah. got into functional health? How did you, well, how did you really get into that whole? Well, I'll lead. So what happened um, because of that, in my early 30s, and by my mid-30s, I got really clear that I wanted to do something in health. And I knew by my early 30s and my healing process, that was part of it. So I decided to go to school for acupuncture. I was seeing an acupuncturist, and I picked up a book. And after two paragraphs, I knew this was it. Went to school for acupuncture. I was in practice for about five years. And I was getting a lot of referrals from people in the fitness industry, and a lot of dance companies. My partner that I had been with at the time was a dancer. So all her dancer friends, and I'd get people in modern dance and on Broadway, and a lot of fitness people were sending clients to me. Mm -hmm. And I started seeing a lot of women with fertility issues. So I acupuncture was really helpful in the process, but I started noticing a pattern with women that had non-related fertility issues and women that were struggling with trying to get pregnant, but they all sh both shared the same lifestyle markers, eating on the go, skipping meals, had gut issues, sleep issues, stress, and the list goes on. And I mm -hmm. knew if I didn't start, if these women 
with non-related fertility issues didn't start making lifestyle changes that they would be back in my office. But mm -hmm. what, what it made me realize I needed to take a deeper dive mm -hmm. into nutrition and hormones and functional medicine mm -hmm. because that was my healing process. That's that's amazing. And I loved acupuncture. I've retired from that, um, but still keep up my license and my sure. board certification. But I always think in terms of Chinese medicine energetics mm -hmm. with a Western mm -hmm. with Western functional medicine. Sure. I think I you have, have to. I think yeah. I found that since my training was in is it was in medicine and completely Western thinking of, mm -hmm. of health that as i've had as i've studied functional health which you know there's a good bit of um push for primary care providers to get some functional medicine training i feel like it's still limited because the mindset's still very western and i found that as i've really worked with complicated clients i've had to and i've had to learn the Eastern approaches. I've had to learn some traditional Chinese concepts. I've definitely had to learn energetics. I mean, y y you know, it's just, a, it, it is much more holistic if we're dealing with the whole body, not just the, the pieces that are broken. <laughs> you know, That's true. You don't want to deal. And, and it's, you know, root cause resolution, which we talk about in functional medicine. That term is from Chinese medicine, always looking for the root causes. And they've been you know, doing this for like thousands of years that's the thing that just blows my mind because when i d d dove into the chinese medicine I, you know like everything i'm reading i'm like this was written thousands of years ago yeah. and these people are spot on still about spot on today. every client about every yeah. situation i'm like this is incredible <laughs> so it's just really validating but, yeah, but the, cool. the only the only difference now and we're going to touch on this with cognitive issues and brain fog is that we are just being so bombarded by environmental toxins. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't have that uh, even 100 years ago to the degree so that true. we have today. And this is as having such an end, uh, such an influence yeah. on women's hormones. So. Yeah, you know, that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on the pod mm -hmm. podcast. It's because it's absolutely clear in my practice that when I'm working with women in particular who are mm -hmm. struggling with brain fog, Hormones is almost always a component that I have had to address or I have to address at some point. Mm -hmm. um, what do you see as the biggest way that hormones, <laughs> hormone imbalances lead to brain fog? I mean, you know, well, my mother-in-law, that was the classic. I shared that in a previous podcast. She, that was an issue for she, her estrogen was declining in her menopause and she was getting quote brain farts, you know, and I know that's just, a, that's menopause. It's an obvious one, but what about you? What do you see with, I know. I think right. it surprised you because I was like, "Can't you talk about hormone imbalances and brain fog?" She's like, "I don't, I don't do that." I'm like, "Yeah, you do. We talk about brain fog all the time." But but <laughs> brain fog is a symptom. Mm -hmm. So what I look at, you know, with with women's hormones, is that one of the what I see one of the biggest issues for brain fog is hormone imbalance. Mm -hmm. It's a symptom of hormone imbalance. Mm -hmm. And because our hormone imbalances, it's the body's when hormones are out of balance. So if a woman is having brain fog or brain farts or cognitive issues, or if she's feeling anxious or depression or gas or bloat, mm -hmm. or she's having tender breast. This is the body's way of telling us something is out of balance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I, something's out of balance, something's out of alignment. And it's kind of like a car, you know, when the light comes on in the car, it's like, oh, I got to go to Joey, the auto mechanic, something's, right. something's amiss. It's your body's way of saying, hey, play, please pay attention. Yeah. Because what you and I had said earlier before mm -hmm. we got on the podcast, you know, when people are having forgetful for having brain fog, and I see it, I see it in teenagers, mm -hmm. I see it in women in their 20s yep. and their 30s. You see it a lot in the later 30s, the 40s and 50s, the perimenopause and menopause. Right. If this, if these underlying issues, which we'll go into, that is causing hormonal imbalances, that's showing a symptom of brain fog, if they are not addressed, then that woman is at higher risk for dementia and Alzheimer's. Hundred percent. You're getting the early. I know you know this, but I yeah. just it's so important to share. Yeah. You're getting the early warning signs of exactly. what could 
potentially happen yeah. if we don't balance your hormones. Yeah. And we're going to go into what are the underlying causes? How do we get to the root causes? I get really geeky and passionate yeah. about this because when you see women's lives change, when you see someone who comes to you crying going, I am so forgetful. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't even know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I can't remember anything. And then you look at the underlying issues and, you know, we'll go out. I, I want to go into that with oh, you. Oh, yeah. I definitely but, but, want to dig. But, but I do want to say some, you know, what I look at when I'm looking at cognitive issues, I'm looking at the thyroid. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm going to jump a little into mm -hmm. it. I look at hyper and hypothyroid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also, um, I look at estrogen and mm -hmm. progesterone, how mm -hmm. they come into play. Mm -hmm. And I also look at how well are women detoxing estrogens? Yes. Yep. Are they circulating dirty estrogens? Are yep. we not excreting them right. through the bowels? So yeah. what's, what's the dance causing all of this? And so that's, that's, that's an important point. And um, there's two things I want to say. One is, sure. of course, that, you know, as we, you know, we make our estrogen, our estrogen plays its role in this cell, just for basic foundational understanding for our audience. You know, it's used in the cell, then it, it leaves the cell and it's supposed to be cleared and broken down in the liver and then remove those byproducts. The broken down estrogen is what's supposed to be excreted into your bile and then into your digestive system. But the problem is, is when the liver is unable to do that, which is becoming a, a more and more significant issue because of the, the onslaught of toxicity in our environment, then we, we end up breaking them down partially and we recirculate those, those metabolites, those partial broken down estrogens, which then go back and try to sit on receptors and do, do, a, do their job, which that leads to things like cancer. So that's why we care yeah. about that. The other thing I wanted to say that was real that you made a good point about you know you were talking about how the in the life's lifespan of you know estrogen brain fog or or hormone disruption early on that can lead to major issues later on in life the thing i i i always point out it doesn't matter who i'm really working with i had a client who had multiple concussions and was like you know i'm doing fine <laughs> he was functional and i said look there's a saying in in medicine, and this is this is accurate and especially important. This is where medicine, you know, shines. Is in in strokes. Okay, if we have a stroke, an active stroke, we actually say time is brain. Okay, time is brain. So we we start the timer. We start paying attention. How quick can we intervene on this stroke? And you know that's actively happening right now. We have got to get the stroke resolved. What with whatever kind of intervention we're doing. But it's the same thing when it comes to hormones or concussions or whatever. Time is brain. So you don't want to just, if you're starting to have brain fog issues at 20, believe me, that's going to affect your brain. Time is brain. So anyway, that's my only point I wanted to drive on. <laughs> so what, yeah, and, and also, and, and I'll, I want to go into, I'll go into some of these factors. What I look at to a a few things, and I'm going to make some recommendations on, on what women can do to help clear those mm -hmm. uh, dirty estrogens or make sure that they're not recirculating estrogens that should be kind of eliminated through the bowels, mm -hmm. is that when I do stool testing, I look at an enzyme called beta-glucuronidase. Mm -hmm. And if I see an elevation of that enzyme in the yep. bowels, that's why I do stool testing. Yes, test, they're test not don't clearing. guess. <laughs> I, I had a, um, a client um, about a, a year, year and a half ago, and she came to see me, and she had um, had a series of uh, miscarriages. She had thyroid issues and constipation, and her mother died of breast cancer. Oh, geez. And it, you know, it wasn't a BRCA issue. So her test came back. She had liver flukes, and she had beta-glucuronidase enzyme through the roof. It oh, was triple what wow. it should have been. So addressing parasites, mm -hmm. driving down that beta-glucuronidase, and balancing her hormones. Guess what? She got pregnant naturally. Oh, my gosh. Like, that's amazing. Like, literally ready to give birth. Yeah. Oh. So it's very, it's yeah. super profound. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I can, to, to do testing with people. But what I find is a big, 
a big force or or really um that what drives uh hormone imbalance stress is the driving force behind most women's hormonal oh, uh, yeah. imbalances and and health challenges and cortisol is the main stress hormone just such influence on estrogen and testosterone progesterone and thyroid so if i can just give a little dance to the hormones because i think it's kind of oh absolutely we were just talking about this before our, our episode how you know that she literally touched on the three main you know triggers the environmental and, and then just the hormonal and then the stress because last last yeah. year that she was sharing how last year she was dealing with residual covid exposure and covid yeah. um you know the effects i of had long hauler yeah and mold and then yeah. we were both in a very um intensive business uh training oh, course <laughs> so very that stressful. was pushing us outside of our limits of understanding of, or, or what comfort zone for sure comfort so the stress zone. the stress was very high and so she was experiencing a lot of brain fog issues that's what she was sharing what meg was sharing with me before we even started talking so i'm gonna let that be our segue into the stress and how the hormone balance that she the dance that she wants to talk about here so um and and I will just say a very quick story about myself. I had gotten COVID. I lived in Charleston and I lived in three places and all three places had mold. Couldn't get away from mold. That's why they call it low country. It's very Good low, grief. It's high, high moisture. <laughs> so when I, came to, um, when I came to Atlanta is when I started to really work on clearing the mold and a variety of issues. And I am happy to say I am sharp as a tack. Yes, but you are. <laughs> it was, but it was kind of scary because well, we, I was. We had I, to do. Was, we had to do a couple of things, though, didn't we? I mean, we had to do some energetic work and, and energetic and, yeah. and clearing. And I mean, I did mm -hmm. things like put dish towel in the freezer. Put my <laughs> this is true, and put my uh, work journal in a drawer in the kitchen. And I was yeah. like, oh, mother of God, what is going on with my brain? Right. So, but the good news is you can turn this around. So, you know, getting back to stress, so let's talk about the, the dance of hormones. The first half of a woman's cycle is about estrogen and progesterone leading up to uh, a woman ovulating. Mm -hmm. I love this time of month. It is about creativity. It's about the potential of a child, but it's also the potential about what are you going to give birth to in the world? So you mm -hmm. get this beautiful rise in your testosterone and estrogen. And your and energy, then, right? Your energy goes yeah. up then too, right? Your energy goes up and because it's motivational. Uh -huh. Those hormones are motivational. Do, literally. Does that improve your like clear thinking if and problem if problem? If you're clearing and... estrogens, if uh -huh. your hormones are balanced. So if your hormones are balanced, so let me just, I'll continue. Yeah. So estrogen is very dramatic. She likes things to grow. She's very kind of like me <laughs> dramatic but i love what i do because she's she loves things to grow she she likes babies to grow but she also likes fibroids and estrogen and other things to grow mm -hmm. we like to keep her in check she's a beautiful hormone she's what gives us our je ne sais quoi you look at progesterone progesterone mm. is a very balancing hormone it's very soothing it mm. impacts cognitive function and the production of GABA and serotonin. It's very grounding. It keeps so it tames down the, the flamboyant down girl. The girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I call I call progesterone the designated driver. It's her in check. <laughs> we we love estrogen. She's beautiful, but you have to keep her in check. So what happens when we're under stress, progesterone is a precursor to cortisol and mm -hmm. can also compete with cortisol. It gets shunted down stress pathways mm -hmm. away from your cycle. So mm -hmm. what does that mean? You start showing a state of what's called estrogen dominance because mm -hmm. that estrogen's being shunted away. Or so this is what, so the progesterone is being shunted. So what happens is you start seeing symptoms mm -hmm. of uh, when your period mm -hmm. and, and a variety of factors cause that, that fall under the umbrella of stress, mm -hmm. which is yeah. diet and your gut. But the point being, you start having symptoms, breast tenderness, weight gain, bloat, mm -hmm. brain fog. Mm -hmm. um, you could have symptoms of, of fibroids, anxiety. So mm -hmm. 
Cysts on your ovaries. Cysts on your ovaries, depression, (laughs) infertility, PCOS. So Mm -hmm. it it goes on. You're not, well, PCOS is a little different because you're not ovulating. That's a different state of estrogen dominance. Your Mm -hmm. body's wanting to ovulate. It isn't. Mm -hmm. But the point is, how are we treating this for women? We're putting Mm -hmm. them on birth control. You're not deficient in birth control. Mm -hmm. We need to figure out why how is stress and the different things that fall under the umbrella of stress mm-hmm. which i want to go into in a moment yep are giving you these symptoms which include brain mm-hmm. fog 100 percent. do you say so it's a so nobody just has brain fog by itself no there's there are other influencing factors that are mm-hmm. stressors on the body 100 mm-hmm. percent. and and you know modern day stress i say to women has either become an unintentional form of birth control and or the worst endocrine disruptor right so, we oh, so interesting yeah right? that's so true you know i mean we literally i mean it was one thing to say i run the 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 rat race and i'm running from client or appointment to appointment mm-hmm. or whatever work to work it's a whole different thing and today because even in the times where we might be quiet we have our phones and here we are mm-hmm. scrolling reels or reading you know nonsense or stressors news you know that's literally going to stress us out so we literally don't take the quiet that god intended us to have to rest and reset and drive you know our stress levels down and our cortisol down and just bring that balance back into our life there's just never any moment and even i feel like people literally run from the moment they get up starting watching their phones or reading the news through their job through their day eating really quick standing up you know back home you know rush through dinner maybe if they're lucky if and if they're a boss babe they're over there at 5 a.m like me (laughs) working out at 5 a.m right and so they're starting driving the stress up in the morning and then they collapse in their bed with their phone in their hand (laughs) I mean, I can say a lot about that, but it's just, I'm just focused on the stress right now. There's just no rest. And then, then they sleep for six hours. (laughs) So, well, do do you want to hear something interesting? 75% of women have estrogen dominance. Holy cow. 70 from from teenagers to postmenopause. So, what do you do you think the ages are getting younger and younger is that what you see in your yeah now we're seeing that women are starting to experience and i Mm -hmm. see it in my practice Mm -hmm. uh symptoms of hot flashes and and night Mm -hmm. sweats at 35. so yeah so you know what we're looking at here is that oh my god where do we start the bigger the big stressors i try to what i look at is how a woman is eating when she's eating mm-hmm. big win that people can take a look at is look at your sleep mm-hmm. and i'm going to bring up sleep because this yes. is something that is please attainable. talk about sleep <laughs> let's talk sleep first because when i look over people's intake forms i really and sandy knows this you do too mm-hmm. extensive intake forms i look at how much so how much sleep someone's getting how much water they're drinking, mm-hmm. how much alcohol they're drinking. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about a study that just came out a few months ago about yeah, alcohol. That turned, gonna, turned the mainstream yeah, well, thought on its head. People are going to like hate me by the end of your show or love me like, <laughs> I didn't know these things. So, you know, you want to look at sleep, sleep deprivation. Your brain has to detox at night. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You wake up in the morning after five, six hours of sleep mm-hmm. and your brain is foggy. But I look at how I look at a three day food journal, tells me an incredible story about how someone is eating. Mm-hmm. A lot of women now are doing this quote unquote intermittent fasting. And I'm not downing fasting. I think mm-hmm. intermittent fasting, when it's done correctly, correctly, can be, impa- can be uh, really beneficial. Yeah, and, and I want to just of, I just want to pause really quick on that point because I want to drive something home on that women are different like they have different needs so when you're yeah when you're fasting as a woman you have uh, you just really have you have to do it a very special a specific way because your adrenals are responsible for making horm- hormones but this is a really important point so keep elaborate on that you were getting yeah you know, I mean women of reproductive age have to really monitor 
their mm. blood sugar and insulin levels because they dance off of one another. Mm-hmm. And it's not a time to be uh, restricting the amount of time you're eating your meals. I mean, mm-hmm. some of these programs are, I just had someone the other day, she was getting all her meals in like six hours. Her hormones were all over the place. Mm-hmm. And she was only eating two meals. She wasn't even getting up calorically. Mm-hmm. She wasn't meeting her body's needs. Mm-hmm. When I work with women, some people may disagree. I Ideally, if you could hit the sweet spot of getting all your meals in 10 hours, that's awesome. If you have to do it in 12, you do it in 12. But you need that, that, you need that break. Yeah. And what I also try to do with women when they eat, and we'll go through this later, I want you to have a, a, a solid breakfast, a solid lunch, solid dinner. Yeah. You don't need to do all this snacking. And I'll yeah. talk to women well, about that. That's yeah, a, that's a big deal. Yeah, that let's that is a good segue. I was gonna I was gonna ask us to to kind of dive into diet for a minute. Let's let's okay, dive sure. into diet. What's the best? What's the what do you think oh, you, the yeah. best way to support your hormones? <laughs> I know the answer. Tell our audience. <laughs> I, I I had this discussion with uh, my good friend uh, Amber Goppert. She's like a um, she has a fitness gym. It's a total. It's called um, the training room, and she's a fitness expert. Mm. And we're all about protein Mm. and it's all about protein and fat. So what I recommend for all women, if Mm. you really want to rock your hormones, Mm. if you want to have stable blood sugar, if you want to be healthy, lean, healthy body fat, if you want to minimize any belly fat, because that's a sign of Mm -hmm. elevated cortisol and your blood sugar is off. Each meal, I would like you to aim for 35 to 45 grams of protein with, with breakfast. 35 to 45 with lunch, 35 to 45, and sometimes more with dinner. 40, pro- 40 grams of protein, people, so at every look? meal. <laughs> it looks like the size of the palm of your hand, the whole oh. palm, not the little bit. So mm-hmm. that's about five or six ounces of protein. And many mm-hmm. of you are thinking, oh my God, how the hell do I do that? Mm-hmm. Lean protein, branch chain amino acids. Mm-hmm. Healthy fats, omega threes, important building, mm-hmm. important for the building blocks of your hormones. So, would you suggest a, a protein I, shake? Um, <laughs> I'm going to go through what I I like people to eat food, and you know, some people yeah. are crazy. They're like, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I would get a very very organic, grass fed or rice pea, really good protein shake. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not you know I I, I love. Um, Total Vegan by Numedica. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Metagenics makes some great ones, but I'm going to add something mm-hmm. to this. I also say, aside from that shake, which is, mm-hmm. I'm going to say Numedica and, and Designs for Health, there's, there's some really good companies that make great shakes. Mm-hmm. There are about 26 grams of protein. You mm-hmm. need an additional 20 grams. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like? Add three ounces of um, you could do bacon. We've demonized bacon. Make it right. grass-fed bacon. It's fine, yeah. but yeah. you have to look at how much protein is in the bacon. You could do turkey sausage. Mm. Could do um, what are some other yummy? I'm only gonna put a caveat in here because yeah. I know the live people in my audience um, have Lyme disease or some. So yeah. I know I know that a lot of my Lyme patients or clients or clients um, can't tolerate. They really cannot tolerate. And pork. they don't. or or even beef so in that alternative world what i tend to recommend there are lamb um you know that's lamb and chicken turkey um, turkey also Mm -hmm. um some if they want wild salmon mm -hmm. or here's another one even goat goat meat which is not as common yeah Yeah. (laughs) or in my world um so this is what a meal in my world breakfast lunch and dinner it's the same meal Mm-hmm. And I said to people, I do not care if you have, uh, you know, stew for breakfast mm-hmm. with greens, mm-hmm. because breakfast is a meal we miss. We're breaking a fast. So a lot of times when people are getting those brain, that brain fog, they're feeling cranky mid-morning, mid-afternoon, mid-afternoon, they're going for sugar. Mm-hmm. They eat enough protein for breakfast. And I so also want to... I want to point out that if you break your fast with a high carb diet or high carb meal, you sur- you really stimulate a lot of changes in the insulin and glucose yeah. and the glu- glu- glucagon pathways, 
which actually drives uh, that instability in your sugar. It makes fat storage kick on, like you're going to start storing fat, and it that surge in and that you know surge in your insulin and glucose. It really is inflammatory, and it will it will stimulate cortisol release because of the infl- it's a inflammatory stressor. response. Guess what? Yeah, so and you it know, impacts your progesterone. Right. So 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 you know her point here, and and the protein is really well. I mean, something that you really kind of want to keep in mind, and and to minimize carbs. That's really hard for me because I'm German, and we eat bread for breakfast, <laughs> bread and eggs. <laughs> Like, you know, just getting that ratio right. It's not me. You can't have not eat bread, but, you know. Well, I have a different, I I feel that women and and men for that matter that have autoimmune issues. And I also look at Mm -hmm. their stool test. We don't do well with gluten. Yeah. Gluten. The enzymes to Mm -hmm. the enzymes to break it down. And I mean, and so, but that's, that's That's a different, yeah. 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 That's another story. But Insulin is a fat storage hormone. Mm-hmm. So when people are trying to lean out, the carbs that I like are, you know, you or look at starchy, look at sweet potatoes, look at yams. Mm-hmm. You can even do white potatoes with the skin. Mm-hmm. Yucca, mm-hmm. beets, mm-hmm. Uh, yucca. Mm-hmm. you know, brown rice, yucca, mm-hmm. quinoa. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't mind, you know, getting some getting some grain in there. Mm-hmm. I usually say to people, uh, you know, like about a half a cup. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a stretchy veggie, three quarters of a cup, mm-hmm. having five, six ounces of meat, two mm-hmm. to three cups of um, greens. Because I, I work with a lot of people with chronic illness, a lot of people as Sandy, they've been to five, six, seven different doctors oh, before yeah, they 100%. land in my office. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to, it's not that I'm restricting people. I just want them to start I want all of us. This is the way we used to eat. This mm-hmm. is the way our great grandparents ate. They mm-hmm. didn't eat processed food. Mm-mm. As I said, seventy-five percent of women have estrogen dominance. That means seventy-five percent of lot. women, at least, have PMS. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. <laughs> and we're using a birth control pill for so many women yeah. to address the symptom. We want I mean, to look at someone's diet. I mean, I had hot flashes in my 20s. Oh, Lord, girl. <laughs> in my 20s. I remember my husband's like, gosh, menopause is going to stink. Like, you're really 24 stink. years old and you're throwing the sheets off and <laughs> turning the AC down to 60. <laughs> and, I, and I never, and I had all, I had, I, I had the PCO symptoms. I had the acne. I had the skin conditions. I had, I had the things that I didn't know. And this was, you know, right out of PA school and having studied all that, I still didn't connect any dots. I just thought that was yeah. how I was made. My mom had hot flashes, you know, I'm just a hot natured person. And I guess I am a hot natured person and I do prefer the cold. But since, you know, balancing my hormones, getting out my breast implants and all those things, my, yeah. I, you know, I used to get a hot flash after every, every time I drank a glass of wine every time now i can enjoy a glass of wine with my meal and not be hot flashing every you know five seconds so can, can, can we talk a little about alcohol since you just yeah brought it up? yeah let's bring it up so there uh i think it was a JAMA study actually came out this is so funny it came out in january i think they did it intentionally after the new year oh my gosh that's so funny i didn't <laughs> so this study this showed that the risk of death was also it was found to be greater for women by um let's put it by 61 percent with or increase uh, let's see the death uh the risk of death was found to be greater for women basically i'm going to make it simple drinking alcohol does not have is not healthy no it's not sadly i mean um, it's well it, it's I, I, logical here here's what the 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 narrative was but i also want to say if i can go ahead you know i don't want this to be an all or nothing i think if somebody has a glass of wine yeah yeah times a week i'm gonna be brutally honest you can't have everybody stop everything no if you're (laughs) doing everything else because they're basically saying and i do say this to women when women drink more than one out one drink of alcohol or a glass of wine this is disrupting you detoxing estrogen it's 100%. disrupting those estrogen mm-hmm. those detox pathways right mm-hmm. and that can i i've had clients two to four drinks 
you're putting yourself at greater risk right. for estrogen-related issues. So the the study basically showed a higher risk of of uh, early death and dementia. Early is that death. what it was? Yeah. 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 You know the near, this is this podcast is called Rethink It because I it's it's a play on words, of course. That you know this is a brain health focused yeah. podcast, so we're thinking about the brain. But I'm also trying to get people to rethink what they understand as their narrative, and you know I, that narrative about. Um, alcohol especially red wine i think that was the big one red wine everybody should drink a glass of red wine every day because of the resveratrol right the resveratrol in the red wine is an antioxidant well that's great except that we're using alcohol as our delivery system for resveratrol (laughs) so alcohol is a oxidant it's a it's a it's a poison i'm sorry it is it's going to inhibit the enzymes in the liver. It's going to disrupt all the detox, like she said, pathways of the liver. It is an oxidant. So, yes, you're getting an antioxidant with your oxidant. You know? So how is that helping your brain? It, it's not. And that was a narrative like that was really promoted. I mean, I think my doctor told me that. Like, you know, that was, I mean, if we could pull it back. All Doctors also studies. suggested we smoke tobacco back in the 1950s. So many of these studies were backed by, you know, the right. alcohol industry. Right, right. But, you know, again, and I really do, hey, listen, Jesus had a glass of wine. So um, it's, it's about moderation. It's about supporting the body. In, in, because I find whether it's, we want to find balance in our right. lives and how right. we manage it. it and it, I, you know, the reality is, is, is when you have the knowledge about what we're doing, okay, you're, it's informed consent. Every bit of it, like, okay, I'm going to drink some wine. Well, I know that this is going to do X, Y, and Z to my body. So now I'm going to just support what I'm choosing, what I would like to enjoy. And I'm going to support my body in its process of recovering from what I've chosen to expose it to in order to preserve my brain and and those types of things. And and I will say this, when I'm dealing with, Sandy, you know, it really just hit me a little earlier. I would say... 90% 90% of the women that come to see me from the age of 16, 18 to 70s all have cognitive issues marked on wow. their intake forms. Yeah. To some wow. degree. Just hit me. And I went, oh my God. Now yeah. it may be to a lesser degree than someone else, but they're right. all marking that section. Right. That's kind of scary. Be- but again, and I want to reiterate this, there are things that you can do but you're just, we're also seeing more of how our lifestyle is impacting our brain function. So if yeah. I can at this point, you know, bring in some foods that people can. Yeah, we're, we're still on the diet conversation. Oh, cool. Keep it up, yeah. keep it up, bring it on. <laughs> Essential fatty acids, omega-3s, they cross the blood brain barrier. Mm-hmm. Your brain loves them. Mm-hmm. Your brain loves DHA. Fish, do do you, know. you um, look for a specific type of ratio in your DHA or well, I mean the or... one that I love. I mean, I could go grab it. I don't know the I don't know the ratio specifically. But do you I, do you I, like I, cod liver? Or like... I do fish oils, and I you know I'm just going to say because these are brands I use, and I, people mm-hmm. can do whatever they want, and they can look at the ratio. Mm-hmm. I love the um, Metagenics makes. Um, what is it? Uh, EPA uh, Omega Genics EPA DHA one thousand, yeah, and a it's it's a gram, and it mm-hmm. is clean, and it doesn't make people burp. Mm-hmm. And I recommend to most of my clients one three times daily. Mm-hmm. We need that. Mm-hmm. We need that. That's important. Right. And you know, our sadly, our you know, our fish is, oh God, the amount of plastics in our mm-hmm. ocean and and mercury. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to, you know, it's good to eat some wild salmon. It's good to mm-hmm. eat cold water fish. I, yes. I think sardines are, are great, but we want to watch the tuna. Again, and, yeah. You know, again, it's, heavy it's, metal. it's those things, you know, again, knowledge. That's it. Just knowledge and power yeah. is empowerment. You, you know, you can get down to this place where you're like, I can't eat anything. I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything because no, everything's poison. But no, no you yeah, just have to recognize to where your source is. Like if you are constantly bombarded, now if you're the person who's eating out of canned foods most of the time and yeah. on the go, that let's start there. But if you are, you know, I do eat fish and I, I, I 
I do eat pretty well, you know, well, how high is your consumption of fish? And, and if it is high, you know, do we need to maybe clean some of the debris that you might be being exposed to with your right. fish intake and that kind of thing? So, you know, that that's the point. And I just want to drive that point home that, you know, we are, you, as holistic practitioner, it can be very frustrating as we read these studies, as we see mm-hmm. where the exposure is, you're like, gosh, I just want to live in a bubble, you know, know. but, um, but no, the goal is really to optimize the way your physiology is meant to work um, and then give you the tools. So when you go through life and you know, well, I just, you know, I just traveled to Taiwan and I ate nothing but fish. Well, you probably had some exposure to uh, parasites and, and, and metals, uh-huh. you know, so now what am I going to do? I'm going to, address those parasites i'm going to clean up those heavy metals i'm going to sort of do some you know proactive binders yeah to to address that and then move on with my life it's not it's not you know you can't hide in a bubble (laughs) sorry i just had to do that little tangent there because no that's that's gonna be very frustrating for people (laughs) so what i feel is very helpful for women because the issue for us women you know when we look at estrogen dominance or there's an excess of estrogen in the system. So what are things that contribute to that? Mm. Environmental toxins, plastics, mm-hmm. cosmetics, or what are the leading causes cosmetics. Of, of hormonal issues with, with teenagers? Anything you oh. put on your face, you're gonna be absorbing into your bloodstream. 100%. So, um, you know, that's why I say to people, and a lot of women, they don't know, don't put things in, maybe your audience does, but I'm gonna say, of, you put store your stuff in glass. Yep. Don't drink out of as minimize plastic bottles. Hey, listen, right. sometimes we're out in the go. We, we need water. I'd yeah. rather you stay hydrated. Right, Hydration right. is very important. Yeah. But, when but you buy have, yourself a Hydro Flask or something like it, some spinoff of it, you know, yeah, and have it. Have can. A and, and sometimes in life, you don't mm-hmm. have one with you. And that right. happens to me. Again, yeah. Yeah. I got it. You have to do the best you can right. in any situation. Right. So, but knowledge is power. Really, Knowledge is power. <laughs> yes, it is. Mm-hmm. So what I say to women, one of the, um, what helps us clear estrogens are, are cruciferous veggies mm-hmm. and things like broccoli and Brussels sprouts and cabbage and bok choy. Mm-hmm. But bok here, choy. but what is a really, really good uh, way to do through food is broccoli sprouts. Broccoli sprouts are high in sephorophane. So and the nutrient dense, the density yes. in the sprouts is so high compared to the actual grown plant. It's impressive. <laughs> so sephorophane helps promote detoxification and removal of excess or unsafe forms of estrogens, those dirty estrogens, mm-hmm. by supporting the liver and eliminating them through the bowels. Mm-hmm. So you're, you know, it, it's an it's a natural. Uh, blocker of bad estrogens mm. and again it parks itself on estrogen receptor sites sure. it stops the bad estrogens by inhibiting malignant tissue like on breast cancer exactly mm-hmm. and, i mean that i mean holy crud right <laughs> so, it's so so there's a few things hey if you ever thought of growing something right grow broccoli sprouts yeah and they're and not hard to do my <laughs> recommendation to people if you're really having issues where you've you know, you, you really want to be able to open up those pathways. I would tell you to take some sephorophane mm-hmm. from uh, 300 to 600 milligrams. It mm-hmm. really works. Mm-hmm. But broccoli sprouts are great. And having cruciferous vegetables are, are really, really important so in one's diet. Just this nerdy uh, science side in case, you know, anybody's familiar with the buzzword of glutathione and everybody, you know, there's all these IV clinics giving glutathione treatments. Mm. And so glutathione is something that maybe somebody's most people have heard about. And if not, then let me introduce you. (laughs) Glutathione is a master antioxidant that the liver does to kind of bind up, clean up toxins. But what sulforaphane does is it donates a sulfa ion to create help produce glutathione in the liver so it's it's necessary for the the normal um, production of glutathione that your body makes if so if you don't have enough sulfa um, then you aren't going to create enough glutathione you're going to have a, yeah. a deficiency in it so that's so, a you know uh, thank you for bringing a nerdy that's a little really input. juicy jimmy <laughs> no that's important yeah. yeah our bodies are designed to thrive right 
And nature has provided us with so, so much. Mm -hmm. But we live in a world right now where vinyl floors, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, the, those little air fresheners that you plug mm -hmm. in, all these little things can mimic xenoestrogen and, right. and just start landing on estrogen uh, receptor sites and be triggers of some really funky autoimmune issues and cancers. There's one other thing that I wanted to bring up that I thought was really important. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of women have heard of DIM. Mm -hmm. DIM is, uh, it, it comes, you get it in, it's, it's conversion of endol 3 carbonyl to DIM in, in broccoli and Brussels sprouts and cauliflower, but you'd have to eat a lot of it. Yeah, you I'm do. Encouraging people to eat it. Yeah. All you need is 100, just 100 milligrams a day. Because it, um, what it does, DIM supports estrogen balance by increasing the beneficial 2-hydroxyestrogens. Those are the good ones. Yeah, the good ones. the unwanted 16-hydroxy variety. Mm. Those are the ones that cause cancer and mm -hmm. create a lot of problems in the body. Mm -hmm. So this improves your estrogen metabolism and helps resolve um, for, you know, so many forms of estrogen dominance. Mm -hmm. What you yep. got to do is, if I can... Eat mm -hmm. a lot of cruciferous cooked veggies, mm -hmm. 100 milligrams of dim, sephorophan. Mm -hmm. You could do the broccoli sprouts if you want to. I myself take 600 milligrams of sephorophan because it's also good for your brain, mm -hmm. your cognitive function. Mm -hmm. I give that, that's what I wanted to <clears throat> yeah. also bring up. And fish oils are really important. Right. Good, a good multivitamin with minerals. Sure. Three plays an important role. I always say to people, please, please get your D checked mm -hmm. because it's, it's a hormone. Knowing, by knowing the exact number, I have clients going, I take 2000 daily. Well, what's your D? Mm -hmm. And their doctors are not checking. So optimal levels are between 60 and uh, 80. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think I said magnesium. Magnesium mm -hmm. is. Oh, oh, you have to have it. Oh, do you know what I wanted to share? When we eat processed foods, we deplete the body of magnesium. Mm, yes, we deplete our body of magnesium. Of many things. Uh, uh, you know, oh, man, yeah, for sure. Uh, there, we could a whole podcast on that. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but the reality is under, under stress. Now, think of stress a little differently than you might just pop into your brain. If I, you know, mm. when I say I'm stressed... It might be a, an episodic, I, I'm stressed because I'm having a fight with my husband or, uh, you know, it's been really bad at work and I just can't get these deadlines, blah, blah, blah. That's, that's typically what pops in mm -hmm. to our minds. But I, I think of stress as a practitioner slightly differently. I think of stress in kind of the chronic sense of the body responding in the cortisol drive, right? So what, she, what Meg talked about earlier here, um, you know, when when our bodies are under a, a significant amount of physiological stress, of course the episodics will drive it higher. But if you're dealing with estrogen dominance, let's just stick with the hormones for now. Um, and the body's going, okay, I, I, we're out of balance here metabolically. I'm stressed. I'm stressed, and the cortisol's rising. Your body, the metabolic rate goes up on the cellular level to try to manage that and bring everything back in balance. And what is needed for that is magnesium. So in periods of episodic high potency stress, you're going to, if you're already low because you've been in this chronic state of stress, you're not going to recover very well. You're going to have significant side effects in your health with these episodic, you know, periods, moments of stress. And so magnesium, I feel like is one of those baseline things that every single chronic health problem person needs to be supporting. So just that was my FYI to add so, in there. And, and that, since you brought up magnesium, and I want to tie it into di mm -hmm. digestion, a big issue Great. for women with, uh, with estrogen dominance and hormonal issues it's always the gut. 99.9% yep. of the women that come to see Great transition. I was going to say we just... Gut issues. And what I see a lot, predominantly constipation. Yes. Magnesium, and, and I'm, I'll just tie in a little. Magnesium citrate is, if you're going to take magnesium, citri magnesium citrate is good with constipation, constipation. Magnesium glycinate, I give that to clients when they don't. But mm -hmm. the point being, you've got to clean up the gut. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. the gut is, is I mean, it, making sure people are digesting. I see a lot of gas and, and, and bloat, so... 
hydrochloric. I mean, we could do a whole thing, but making sure you're digesting your food. And I say to people, you know, whether you work with Sandy or myself or someone else, if you go to someone and they are not paying attention to your gut and making sure that you are having two to three bowel movements a day, you don't want to work with them. Yeah, I, I set that dramatic, foundation. But I see this. I see this all the time. I, I set that foundation on, on the podcast uh, two podcasts ago um, that we recorded. So if you haven't um, listened to that one, be sure to tune back into that. It just talks about the the connection with the gut and the brain. So it's very focused on that and kind of gives you some some of the research behind why the gut is a healthy gut is so important for a healthy brain. But part of that picture is because of its involvement and how it manages and it clears and it metabolizes hormones and even in some of the production of enzymes that are necessary for conversion of things like thyroxin, thyroid hormones. Thyroid so, conversion, yes. Yeah, so um, this, is, this is a really important um, topic. Um, what do you see as like the major, in your practice, I know you've worked with a lot of PCOS and um, infertility and, and this kind of thing, like, what do you see as the main issue that keeps coming up in um, those, that population with hormones and gut? I would say that 99% of the women that come to see me have gut issues. Mm -hmm. um, the majority of them are constipated. Mm -hmm. Constipation to me is going one time or less. Mm -hmm. I, and I always- A day. A day. a day, a day, <laughs> we're supposed to be having long, solid bowel movements two to three times daily, mm -hmm. not loose stool, loose stool, you're, you're losing, you know, a lot of minerals and, and, and nutrients. Um, um, what was that? Oh, I see. So I see a lot of constipation. I see loose stool. Rarely do I see people having regular bowel movements. Isn't that mm -hmm. wild? No, like yes. one a day. Mm -hmm. I also see and I do a lot of testing, I know that if uh, I see a lot of parasites, mm -hmm. I see mm -hmm. um, a lot of, I do testing, I, I see a lot of mold and environmental toxins. Mm -hmm. um, women with, with PCOS, and I just don't think it's PCOS, mm -hmm. a lot of women have a very difficult time clearing heavy metals and environmental chemicals. Mm -hmm. So by doing testing for that, it's urine testing, I can see where those levels are, mm -hmm. and then I can really hone in on how I want to clear that. Exactly. But regarding the gut, I I really believe that a lot of women are deficient in hydrochloric acid. Right. So They're it's the opposite. We're not, you know, we shouldn't no. be taking uh, a uh, anti-reflux medication over here suppressing acid. If you have reflux, it's very likely that you actually are low in stomach acid, right? Because your LES valve is like you have the, you know, you eat some food, drops in the belly. Mm -hmm. And then your body, your stomach lining starts producing hydrochloric acid. Mm -hmm. And then the LAS valve, which is between the esophagus and the stomach goes, oh, we're going to shut. We're going to close now. Right. But if it, you're not take, if your body's not producing your stomach enough hydrochloric acid, that valve stays open. Mm -hmm. Also low vitamin D impacts mm -hmm. that valve. Mm -hmm. So one thing, I think I said this to you, hydrochloric acid, why is it so important? Helps you digest your food. But if you eat something mm -hmm. that is contaminated, it can actually keep you from getting food poisoning. HCL kills, Amen, sister. <laughs> kills bacteria, yep. microbes. So when I'm getting people, and I just have been seeing this recently, Sandy, mm -hmm. hospitalized for diarrhea, the docs do all these uh, stool tests uh -huh. to me, and they have all this other stuff going on. They have no stomach acid. Yeah. And they've been on proton pump inhibitors. Protonics. We'll put you on a drip for protonics and we'll give you some antibiotics for your h pylori and oh <laughs> yes yeah, so yeah. instead in the holistic world we might actually support hcl production while giving you um probiotics or something that targets um the h pylori you know a lot more naturally without disrupting the biofilms of healthy bacteria that you need right because that's the important element right there um yeah Good point. Great, great, great talk there. <laughs> no, I, I, so I always, the first thing I always do with all my clients, I want to make sure you're digesting your food mm -hmm. and you have regular bowel movements. If you are constipated, I can't start detoxing. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot of clients that have been to other practitioners and I went, you're going to the bathroom once every three days. Mm -hmm. 
you can't detox. That's why you were feeling so Here's well. a little nugget. Um, and it's worth mentioning, I think, more to Americans than it is to, say, the French or people who really savor sure. their food. <laughs> but, you know, digestion starts in the mouth. And I think that we, again, this fast-paced society, we barely, we fall, you know, we don't take any time, much less time to eat. Are you eating standing up? Probably. Um, I did before coming down here. Sorry. But, uh, you know, but I still chewed my food. And that's the point I'm getting ready to make chewing your food is the first step in digestion and it is actually a trigger to stimulate production in the hcl of hcl in the stomach early on before the food even gets there i mean really chewing your food chew 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 till it's back down to mush that's how you're supposed to eat and that's just like a weird little aside but i'm finding that's a very common and uh, missed thing i don't know why you know here's another one that i say to clients if you're, which all of us do, including moi, I'm mm-hmm. sure you've done it too. Yeah. You eat your lunch or your meal in front of your computer because oh, yeah. you have too much to do. Yep. So if you're eating at your desk or you're having a conference call that mm-hmm. is not going well, you eating a meal while working is equivalent to you to try trying to wash your clothes in the dryer. Mm-hmm. You're just not going to digest your food. Or trying to eat a steak while running a marathon. <laughs> you know, like your body's like under stress. It's just not going to do it. You know, it doesn't happen yeah. because exactly. you're not supposed to. Your body. Mm-hmm. You see, that's the thing about stress too. Your body still. You you know, we we um the body can't differentiate a stressor as being you being charged by a tiger mm-hmm. or you eating a meal because you're under duress because you're having a conference call with someone that you just can't stand. Right. You can't digest your food. Right. So your body that, you know, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic response mm-hmm. just kind of hit each other and 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 clash. Right, right. So well, we have covered a ton of ground in this podcast. So I, we could fun. go on for more because it's so much fun for me, but I do want to respect our audience's time. And I, I know, you know, I don't want to add to the stress. <laughs> so you can always split it up. Yeah, and listen. split it up and pause and put yeah. me on and sl- slow me down when I speed up with my conversation. Um, but I do like to leave my audience with, a, you know, one simple challenge or takeaway um, at the end of every episode um, to help them take like the very first steps in healing and preserving their brains. So, you know, we talked about hormones today and we covered a lot of ground. What do you, what would you recommend as the like one thing that they should just, the one thing they should do right now? I, what I said earlier, I think it is essential to balance your hormones for healthy lean mass healthy body composition, eat protein Mm -hmm. with every meal, not just two eggs. That's 16, that's 14 grams of protein. Mm -hmm. You can combine those eggs with more protein. You Mm -hmm. get that 35, 45, guess, and healthy fats. Mm -hmm. So ghee, maybe you make your eggs in ghee, right? Or butter. Thanks for driving that one last time I talked about healthy, choosing healthy fats. So thanks for reminding them. Good for the brain. (laughs) If you have healthy fats, and I'm saying one to two tablespoons, two tablespoons with each meal, not Mm -hmm. one meal. We've we've demonized fat, protein and fat with every meal. You will not crave sugar. You will not crave sugar. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. You will notice that your symptoms of PMS or hot flashes or or uh, insomnia or fatigue, brain fog, you're going to go, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. This is, I feel sharper. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that's, and I would also say too, if you're kind of challenged by this, work with a good health practitioner. Yes, absolutely. It, I mean, it, really it, it, will, change your your it will change your life. It will change your life. Yeah. Of course, Sandy and I are really good at what we do. So. <laughs> but no, this is, I, I really do mean it because there's a yeah. lot of information out there. But again, I hope I echo in your brain every single meal, protein, 35, 45 grams, and healthy fat. Your world will rock. Yes, it will. Well, this was a great conversation and an important one. I can tell you that over the last few years, I have definitely seen a number, an increase in the number of women seeking surgery when I'm in doing my role in anesthesia mm-hmm. for a hormone related issue, whether it's PCOS, which is super common or endometriosis or infertility or breast cancer or 
nodules. There's absolutely no question that more and more women are dealing with hormone dysfunction and brain fog that uh, related to it. You know, hormone imbalances can affect women's brains from childhood well into our old age. So addressing hormones is an important step in protecting your brain. Meg, thank you so much for joining us this episode as we began to peel back the layers on how we maintain our healthy brains and bodies. How can my audience find you if they have more questions? Well, if you can include it in the show notes, but if they do want to find me, um, they can go to MegRichichi.com. Yep. And loads um, of information on there. Tons of info on there. And yeah, yeah, and then you can find all my contact info and my podcast and all that. Yeah. So So absolutely. Thank you. I want to thank you for what you're doing in, in helping women get clear on brain health this is a very very important issue that is overlooked yeah thank you for doing this work oh thank you i enjoy it it's it's a definite passion project (laughs) and it's absolutely pushing outside of my comfort zone but i love it so um so guys i absolutely recommend you reach out to meg if you are dealing with stubborn hormone issues like i said she is my go-to resource when i am working with complex issues that involve hormone imbalances So in closing, I hope this episode has had added a ton of value to your life. And I really look forward to talking to you guys again soon. Hey guys, this is Sandy. Thanks for spending the time with me the last 30 minutes or so. um, And listening to me um, share what my experiences and some of the education out there. I hope it's been a blessing. I hope it's been encouraging. I hope it has empowered you to take the next best simple steps toward recovering good brain health. If you find this content helpful, please share this content. Thank you for being patient with me as I step outside of the clinical world and into the crazy podcasting world. Uh, I appreciate you guys hanging in there on the bloopers and everything along the way. But um, for sure, if this is helpful, pass it along to someone you think might benefit from the content. Leave me a like, leave me a share on your favorite podcaster that you're tuning in on. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Until then, there is hope for lasting healing.